All right, welcome in to the Undrafted Podcast, Episode 6. Kate Carlton, Kate Livingston with you. It's, we made it for, what, five weeks now? Yeah. Five weeks now. Uh, made it strong. So, happy you're with us uh, this morning. Have a couple of good interviews for you today. Before we do anything, I'll say what's up to Kate Livingston. Man, not much. Just, uh, you know, looking at my ring that we got last night. Uh, Cade is back from the beach. You know, he's not a beach bum anymore. Um, you know, looking forward to, to this week's interviews. We got, you know, we're going to go to Rocky Top yeah. today. So, um, looking forward to talking to Destiny and Coach Gowire and, you know, just kind of picking their brain about what's going on over over in Knoxville. Yeah, definitely. Um, had some good stuff um, with uh, Destiny, who I think, uh, you know, we've both seen a lot. Uh, obviously, you've been around her a lot and uh, is going to have a really good career at uh, Tennessee. And I know everybody around here is really kind of excited to see her get started at Tennessee. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, she, it's all in her hands right now. And, and she understands that she's motivated to work. And, you know, when you go to a place like Tennessee, you know, it's, you got to win your job every day, you know, and, and that's, that's going to be the, that's an adjustment for any freshman, yeah. you know. But over there, you know, as as you'll find out, you know, in some of these interviews that it's, you know, Lady Vol Nation is – they're as a rabid of fan base as there is in any sport in college athletics. So, um, looking forward to seeing Destiny grow and, and you know, mature and, and you see how she can help that program. Yeah, and we also get to sit down with uh, one of the ones who kind of helped recruit her and uh, Lacey Goldwire who's kind of been all over the place in, in women's college basketball um, and – in her second year at Tennessee, and had some really good stuff with her too. Yeah, when you dive into Coach Gowire's career, she's been in some really big time places. Yeah, and, and uh, you know you understand why she's in the spot she's in right now. You know, and being you know at Oklahoma State, then you know she spent a year at Moorhead State, and then she went from there to Iowa, who's a you know a top three program in the Big Ten. Then she gets to work with Coach Neighbors at Arkansas, and. Then bam, Tennessee comes open, and you know it, Tennessee would be hard to turn down for anybody, you know. And and uh, you know, gonna be cool to talk to about her background and her insight into you know their. Uh, I, I don't know if they're rebuilding at Tennessee, but they're, they're kind of changing the culture, you yep. know. And, and talk about kind of a little bit behind the scenes of what that's been like, and you know, really looking forward to this interview. Well, and it's hard to say rebuild if you've been in the NCAA tournament, but then again, this. Tennessee and the yeah. expectations are higher than a lot if of. If they don't places. win a national championship, yeah. they, the coach needs to be fired. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so, Destiny Salary, uh, former Jonesboro High School standout, current UT Lady Vol, is coming up next. All right, welcome back into the Undraftables podcast. Kate Carlton, Kate Livingston, with you as as we'll keep it in Knoxville and say. Uh, What's up to Destiny Salary? Destiny, thanks for hopping on with us. Thank you guys for having me. So, uh, obviously a local product that has gone uh, up to Knoxville uh, to play at Tennessee. And we'll talk about, you know, Tennessee and kind of the recruiting process. But, you know, first off, kind of want to hit on, you know, your career at Jonesboro. Um, you know, a career where you, you go and play deep into the state tournament twice. Uh, you get a ring as a sophomore, you know. Just kind of walk us through your career at Jonesboro and, you know, some of the highlights uh, from that career. Um, well, the highlight was getting moved up my ninth grade year, um, being asked to play and um, coming in starting as a freshman and leading the team at points, basically everything that year. Um, my 10th grade year, 
winning the state championship was a highlight, even though I didn't get to play in it, it, it still was, you know, like I, I won that ring, but I didn't. <laughs> um, my 11th grade year, being able to come back off an of injury so fast, um, getting right back into the groove, um, to help take the team back to the state, uh, the state championship game. Um, and my senior year, I would say beat Nettleton at home, um, beat Marion at home, hitting a, a game winning shot was probably some highlights my senior year. Um, that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. You, you talked about beating Nettleton at home and, uh, you know, obviously for people that don't know, you and me are pretty close. We we spent a lot of time together the last five, six years. And, you know, with me being a coach at Nettleton, you being a player, that's always been a special game for us, you know, to compete against each other. And kind of talk about that Jonesboro-Nettleton rivalry. Um, I don't know that you can find a better, you know, girls basketball rivalry in the state. And just kind of talk about those nights when the gym's packed for the girls game and the atmosphere's crazy and, and just kind of – you know, give us a perspective. We know the Nettleton perspective. You know, give us the Jonesboro side of it of of how important it was for y'all to win that game. Um, that Jonesboro versus Nettleton is probably one of the biggest girls game you will ever you know hear about. Um, if you're not there, then you're probably missing out on some of the best girls basketball in Arkansas. Um, playing against Nettleton, just you know, that's just like. I don't know. I just feel like we're playing against like somebody. Some this is like a college game or something because it's, it's like it's so intense, but it's all love because we're like all friends from on both ends. But playing against Nettleton is just probably one of the best games I like to play against because I know that they're ready to compete. I know they're gonna go. They're gonna play hard against us, and it, I just love playing against Nettleton and just bring out all the people in Jonesboro, even the, the surrounding cities. And it's just a really big game. Obviously, you know, played Nettleton in the 5A East, but there was a lot of other good competition in the 5A East. It's been, you know, since that blend kind of went in place a couple of years ago, it's been maybe the premier league in girls basketball. Just playing in the 5A East as a player, how much did that help you grow and help you improve knowing that, you know, for the most part, there was kind of no knots off in the 5A East? Um, playing, playing in that conference is probably the toughest. Like, it's the hardest, like, it don't matter who you're playing, like they're gonna come ready to play whether they know that they're the, the worst team in the conference or the best team, like they're gonna come out and give it their all. And I just feel like playing in that conference, the like our opponents just made me tougher because they made me have to work for everything. Like nothing like nothing was given to me in that conference. Like I had to work for every point, every rebound, like every assist, like I had to work for everything. And that's why I like I like playing in that conference. Yeah, I mean, the league is just extraordinarily tough. you got teams that make deep playoff runs every year. You can count on a 5A East team playing the state championship and multiple teams playing the state semis. Um, you know, we, you talked about how that made you a better player. Talk about your uh, your travel ball. Maybe, you know, name a player outside of the state of Arkansas that you've played against that's maybe been the toughest player that – that maybe our listeners might know about that either is going to be a freshman in college or maybe already playing in college because, you know, you played up against some really good players. Um, I can start with my teammate. We played um, against West Virginia. Um, her name is uh, Emma, Emily. Um, playing against her, she's really big. And I was probably the, the tallest person on my team this past summer. So it was a struggle playing against her. Um. We played against. I want to say we played against a um, 
a Texas team. Um, one of my friends, she's going to uh, Texas Longhorns. She um, she's pretty, she's pretty tough. She's really good, really good. And playing AU, that that right there, if you can play against those girls and and come out tough and survive, then you know this is for you. You're made for this. <laughs> right, right. You, I mean, there's. Nobody can say that you're not prepared by playing in from the 5A East and then playing a, a, against national competition. I mean, you've seen every kid, good kid in the 2020 class, probably 21, even 2019 class, you know. And, you know, that's that's definitely prepared you for life in the SEC that's fixing to come up. So, um, you know what? Talk about being at Tennessee. You know what? What led you to Tennessee? You had you had over twenty five scholarship offers. Um, what stood out to you about Tennessee, and why why Knoxville? It was a calling from God because um, when I was younger, um, Kelly, John, and Sully was all at one. They was all at um, Missouri Missouri State, and uh, Lacey was at Arkansas, and I was pretty close to Lacey, and I was really close to Sully, and I just feel like. You know, all three, all of them ended up at one school. Like, like what else could it be? And I just, and I just feel like I'm at home. Like, my teammates make me feel like, like I'm their little sister. Like TK. Like, whenever I'm like feeling like I want to go home, like she's always there for me, just comforting me. Um, and the fan, the fan base, pretty like really, really cool people. Um, and the culture behind it. Like, why wouldn't you want to come help build that legacy that Pat had already started? So, I mean, uh, that's kind of why I'm here. And you talk about Tennessee, and, you know, it's it's one of the few girls programs in the country that has consistently, you know, had sellout crowds throughout the course of the last 20, 30 years. And it's it's probably the program in women's basketball, them or UConn. Just how awesome is it going to be for you to go to Tennessee knowing that night in, night out, you're going to play in front of packed crowds and – you know, in front of a fan base that is enthusiastic about women's basketball? Um, It's very exciting. I still can't, like, I still can't believe that I'm actually here. Like, when I'm getting ready for practice and I'm putting on some gear and we walking in the gym to shoot, like, I'm just, like, I'm just staring like I'm in a daze because, I, like, I really can't believe it. Like, when I tore my ACL, I, I would have never thought that I would be right, right back in the same position. But playing for Tennessee, like, that's really, really big. And just knowing that I'm about to go play in the sellout crowd, like that's just that's just something I couldn't believe like that I'm doing right now. Yeah, I mean, no doubt that you're you're going to one of the storied programs in the country. Um, you're going under a coaching staff that, you know, Coach Kelly played there under Coach Summit. Um, it, it's going to be a big deal for, for you, and, and they're rebuilding the program. Y'all brought in a really good recruiting class this year. You've got some really good commits coming in. Um, talk about, you know, you're going to play in the SEC, and there's no doubt the SEC is one of the toughest conferences, if not if not the toughest. What um, <clears throat> what are you kind of looking forward to, you know, when you get to play these SEC teams, you know, going on the road? Or, you know, have they, have they told you the stories about that? Or, you know, is, is it something that they just like wait and see? Um, I'm really just looking forward to like playing against, you know, like that that Kentucky team, that that South Carolina, like those because those girls are really, really, really tough. And my that's what my teammates told me like you just gotta wait and see. Like you'll play those non-conference games and it'll be a breeze. It'll be it won't be just easy, but it'll be like you'll beat them. 
but then you get in that conference and it's just like it's a whole different ball game. Like it's so much tougher, it's so much harder than what like what it really is. Um and then the away game, you know, going on the road, going to play like those teams and like playing the big pan teams in the Big Twelve, that she was like, that'll be hard. And yeah, so basically they were just telling me I gotta wait and see how it really is. And you know, Tennessee last year they kind of renewed a series with UConn. Uh, obviously, those two schools played a lot in the past. That was the first game last year, and so this year it shifts to Tennessee for the second game of that Hall of Fame Classic. Just um, how exciting is it going to be for you to play in a game against UConn that on a Monday or Tuesday night is going to be the premier basketball game in the country in all of basketball? Um, that's gonna be very, very, very exciting. I know that I'm gonna have to play my hardest because that's a really, really tough team. And you know, uh, playing against another Arkansas star, Kristen Williams. Yep. You know, having to go out there and you know, both of us put on for the home state, even though we're playing for somewhere else. But that's gonna be really, really exciting. I'm, I'm excited about that game. Yeah, my my last question for you. I know you got to get to class, and that's the most important thing right now. <laughs> um, is uh. You know, you you got to play with Ilana, and then and now you, you know she left to go to Nettleton, and so y'all had the, even though y'all are friends, it was still you wanted to, you know, y'all competed against each other, you know, and now you get to do that again when she, with her going to Arkansas, you going to Tennessee, and the SEC. How cool is that going to be, to when y'all do get to play? Like you're gonna you're gonna try to win, but. After the game, it's got to, it's going to feel pretty neat, I would think, to see somebody that you've spent a lot of time with in the gym, off the court, and all that. Just kind of talk about how you know y'all might be able to help each other get through, you know, this first freshman year, you know, with encouraging each other, and then when you finally get to meet on the court, how how neat will that be? Um, I think it'll be like really really neat. Um, we talked about this a lot when we were in um junior high when she first got there and we first became friends. That's all we talked about. Um, I I'm pretty excited about you know playing against her because we'll have you know all the home fans coming, people coming to watch us. Um, I think that that feeling afterwards will be just you know exciting. You know, we finally made it here. Now we're getting to play against each other at the next level. So I think that'll be pretty cool and exciting. Last thing uh, for you before we let you get out of here, just, um, you know, be, you've been at Tennessee for, you know, three or four weeks now, been on campus. Uh, with all, you know, the coronavirus stuff and all the precautions you've had to take, what have those first, you know, three or four weeks been like uh, at Tennessee? Um, it, It's been tough having to work out with that mask on. Cause I feel like it's suffocating my face, but other than that, I think it's been it's been pretty cool. Um, you know, got a social distance, have to be around. You got to pick and choose who you want to be around because you don't know if they've been around people with the virus. But overall, it's been pretty neat. I've just been you know going to work out, shooting the gym, and coming back to my room and getting some sleep because I'm tired. But other than that, it's been it's been straight. It's just that mask. I I hate it. <laughs> you, you and, a, and a bunch of other people but yeah, it's so horrible <laughs> well destiny we appreciate you taking the time uh this morning to join us obviously uh we'll be watching with a close eye next year uh good luck to you next year at tennessee and thanks for hopping on this morning thank you guys for having me destiny salary joining us this morning on the undraftables podcast all right, thanks to uh, Destiny Salary for hopping on with us uh, this morning. As 
Again, she's in week four at uh, the University of Tennessee getting ready for next year. And um, obviously kind of some crazy times at Tennessee. You know, she kind of talked about hating to wear that mask. And um, it's kind of the new normal, unfortunately, but uh, kind of the crazy four weeks for her at Tennessee so far. Yeah, absolutely. You know, usually when kids go to summer school, they're, you know, they'll go to class, go yeah. work out, and go, you know, go out in town you know now you really can't do that and you know she's having to uh, adjust but it's really good you know to get a kind of a behind the scenes of what an athlete's going through right now and, and, and in the sec and kind of give give our listeners a, a feel for what's going on and i mean they're not even getting to work with their coaches right now yep. you know and and so they're everything they're doing is on their own you know as far as basketball and um you're going to find out who's motivated and who's who's got a really good work ethic and it sounds like she's on a good track right now yep and uh we had some good stuff with her and she gets talked about even in more of high praise from Lacey goldfire the recruiting coordinator uh which is coming up next after this you know she kind of talked about how energetic she was and how excited she is to finally have her on campus yeah and that's one thing that anybody that's known really known destiny um everybody said that she's got she's going to be that person that people are drawn to yeah and uh you know coach goldwire kind of you know really hit on that that she's already becoming that person as a freshman you know for for their program right now so really cool to hear that and hear coach goldwire's background on everything and uh, uh i think you'll enjoy this interview i think so too uh so we'll stay uh at rocky top and sit down with Lacey goldwire the recruiting coordinator for UT Women's Basketball coming up next. All right, welcome back on the uh, Undraftables podcast as uh, we're pleased to be joined now uh, by Lacey Goldwire from the University of Tennessee Women's Basketball. Lacey, thanks for hopping on with us uh, this morning. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, so at Tennessee now as an assistant coach and uh, the recruiting coordinator, but we kind of wanted to start out uh, – you know, with your playing career a little bit before you got into coaching, uh, obviously a standout uh, at East Central University, you led the team in scoring and assist uh, three times in your career. You know, just kind of run us through some of your successes there in your playing days uh, at East Central. Yeah, um, you know, being a kid from Oklahoma City, um, I think we had tons of opportunity to get to go play um, during the summers with our club team. And so uh, I played a lot of basketball. My mom helped run a gym in Edmond, Oklahoma. My dad was a referee. Uh, my sister and I were scorekeepers and worked the concession stand. So basketball is kind of just what we know and do. And so, like I said, playing all that, all those tournaments um, during the summer, obviously get uh, got us got me a lot of exposure. So I got to go play D Central. Um, you know, I, I talk a lot about uh, levels and and opportunities for, you know, different types of athletes. And I definitely think the division two level was, um, uh, is good for, good for some people and some people need a, you know, different challenges, but I got to play pretty much 40 minutes a game and I got to shoot the ball as much as I wanted to. And, um, I had a, a group of girls that I kind of, um, I guess talked into or, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say manipulated, but I, I was, I was letting them know, Hey, pass me the ball and we, everything will be okay. So you, uh, you started and, your recruiting days as a player. Yes, I early, mean. yes. So we did a bunch of, we did a bunch of team stuff together and we did a bunch of leadership things. And I think some of my bigger successes at East central were those off the court moments. 
because it got me to my successes on the court. And um, we did, we, we all lived in the dorms. Ada, Oklahoma is not very big. So if you don't have your teammates on your side and you guys aren't hanging out, you know, and, and kind of having some type of relationship off the floor, then you don't really succeed on the court. So, um, I, I, like I said, I got to shoot as much as I wanted. I, I led the team, uh, I think, more years than not in scoring. And um, it's funny to lead in scoring and assists because how does that work? But um, I had some really great teammates that I still keep in touch with right now um, who are so excited for my opportunities and my, uh, my achievements at, in being at Tennessee and um, that kind of followed me through the years. So it's been fun. And we, when I worked at Arkansas, we got to play East Central and they gave me a jersey and kind of had a little, um, I don't want to say ceremony, uh, a less than a ceremony uh, to give it to me before the game. And it was just very special. It was a really cool deal. So anytime I can help East Central out, I will. Uh, it was it was a good experience. So Yeah, without a doubt. And uh, so from there you get to go right almost kind of player right into coaching at Oklahoma State as a – you know, you get to be a student assistant and then, you know, work your way up. You know, talk about your time at Oklahoma State. And, and I'm going to assume that you grew up a, a Oklahoma State fan instead of an OU fan. Or or was, it, was that a house divided? Yeah, so I um, I didn't necessarily grow up any, any type of fan. My dad played at Oklahoma um, back in the 80s. And so if there was any uh, choice that had to be made, it was always crimson and cream. It was never orange. So um, I think whenever I started uh, my journey at Oklahoma State, my dad was kind of cringing, like, wait, hold on a second. I've never really pushed you, but I thought if you had to make a decision, it would be OU. So um, I went right uh, into, like you said, I left East Central University, and my head coach there at the time was college roommates with Kurt Budke, who was the current head coach at Oklahoma State. So I went to Oklahoma State, enrolled in school, and didn't necessarily do anything with basketball. I was just uh, enjoying life as a student and finishing my my uh, education. Um, and so they kind of got word that I was up there and not doing much with basketball. I met one of the um, support staff members who was player development at the time, Bruce Erickson. And uh, he asked me if I wanted to join on as a student manager because they had um, they had the uh, graduate assistant position already filled. So I joined on as a student manager. He was the best recruiter ever because he said, you know, you're going to have to do laundry and, you know, rebound balls. And I know you were a really big success at East Central, but, you know, this is kind of a, a humble position. You're going to have to do some things that you don't like, but we'll give you a bunch of Nike gear and you get to fly on a plane and we're going to Vegas this year. So do you are you in? And I said, I am. Uh, so... <laughs> The Nike gear and the and the flying on the charter plane was definitely a, a, a thing, a, a big thing to sell for me. So, um, in joining on and doing the, the managerial stuff, I really learned a lot about what it takes top to bottom to run a program. And I think if I hadn't have had that ex, ex, experience, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um, I guess I, I, I wouldn't admire our manager so much, and you know, really want to pump them full of confidence that they really do make a difference in a program so I'm thankful for that as I moved up uh, at Oklahoma State I was there for a total of four years I was a graduate assistant for the last I guess you could say year and a half or so and then um, we had a huge tragedy and we lost two of our coaches in a plane crash and so I was immediately elevated to 
helping in a coaching capacity um, and finishing out the year with that. So had to grow up really quickly during that time, had to take care of a lot of people um, and really be, you know, uh, responsible and accountable for a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of people in, in a lot of different ways. So we obviously became really close. Uh, that team um, in 2011-12 will always be really near and dear to my heart. And we, like I said, keep we keep up now. Um, so we check on each other now. But uh, very good opportunity. It really propelled me into a coaching position. And I learned a lot during that time uh, from top to bottom. Yeah, you know, you talk about going from graduate to student to assistant coach. Uh, in those four years at Oklahoma State, and also in those four years, you know, the team goes to the postseason the entire time, three WNITs in the NCAA. Just, you know, as a young coach starting out, your first four years, just what was that experience like every year to be in the postseason, whether it's WNIT or NCAA? Yeah, the the first few years we were in the NCAA tournament, and we had a really great standout point guard at um, Oklahoma State, uh, Andrea Riley, and you know, there's nothing like postseason play, especially when it's NCAA. And I think whenever you have a team that is notorious for going to postseason and just the excitement that's around it, the uh, anticipation and just the high level of competition and, and you know, just instilling that competitiveness in your athletes, um, it helps for the year to come. So when you're entering into March, that anticipation, you get the T-shirt, there's a, a selection show. Then you travel, you have the police um, escort, you know, you walk into the gym, you have interviews. All of those things, I think, build for the next season. Because once that tournament is over and you start preparing for the next year, you have to help them understand this is what we're preparing for. So being a part of teams that have been in the postseason, I think have really it has really helped us, in, you know, for the next year. If you don't get to go to postseason, um, you know, I think it kind of ends off the, after the tournament. And trust me, I've been a part of those teams too. And after your SEC or uh, Big Ten or Big 12 OVC tournament, it, it's ended and you have to watch all of those people play on TV or listen to, you know, their interviews and their social media. That is a, that's a gut check right there. So I think as much as you can be a part of those, you know, uh, postseason uh, play, it, it's, I think it just helps. It helps propel your team forward for the next year. Um, and then, you know, they get to talk about their experiences. They get to talk about, oh, remember in the uh, NCAA tournament when we played, you know, so-and-so, or we traveled here. We've had so many stories of the NIT of having to travel different random places because that's kind of how their uh, tournament works with the bids and things. So um, it's it's just been really – it's been really fun. And like I said, lots of excitement. Um, obviously, Tennessee has been to the NCAA tournament 100% of the time, so we're trying to keep that up. Uh, being part part of programs that are are wanting to do that, and even the administration who are, who's willing to put out those bids for the NIT to keep you at home, I just think it's been a phenomenal experience for me to get to kind of see the insides of what it takes to to move around in the postseason. Yeah, and, and you know, you talk about how you you're at Oklahoma State for four years, and then then you go to Moorhead State for a year, um, spend a year there, and then you get. <clears throat> A really good job at Iowa, and you know, for me talking to you personally, you, I think you really enjoyed your time there. Just kind of talk about going from the Big Twelve to, you know, you can talk about Morehead a little bit, but I want to get into your Iowa days and kind of. I feel like you know that is when you really started making that jump as, 
you know, becoming a big time assistant coach and, and it's kind of propelled your career a little bit. So just kind of talk about your time in Iowa and your experience there. Yeah. So at the University of Iowa, I, I had just been asked. So I was at Moorhead State for about 16 months with um, Coach Tom Hodges. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I want to say about Moorhead, it is it's very easy to sell Tennessee. It's easy to sell Arkansas. It's easy to sell Iowa. My biggest achievement is selling Moorhead State. And I think when you start to understand all that it takes to get you know, players on board, parents on board, coaches on board, uh, the travel, just, you know, the, the special specific opportunities that you have at Moorhead, it, that's my biggest, that's my biggest accomplishment. Um, and so moving into Iowa, it was kind of like, um, I don't know, maybe just a, a, an increase because I had more resources. The coaching staff that I was working around was very stable. Uh, Lisa Bluter had been the coach there, I think, for about 16 years and uh, 15, 16 years. Um, and, you know, Jan Jensen and Jenny Fitzgerald had worked with her for pretty much their entire career. So she's only been a coach in Iowa. She's only been a head coach. And so coming into that situation, um, it really gave me time to grow and mature in coaching and in recruiting and on court um workouts and development and just knowing kind of at the next level what it was going to take to be successful um i think coach bluter i always refer to her as a professional coach because she is a manager a professional she can manage uh, her staff she manages the team she manages her household she manages you know um, above our head kind of business budget things and i just watched how how regimented she was and how well she did everything and if I had a question that was the smallest question, I mean, I want to put in a jump ball play and it's kind of silly, but she takes time. She takes her glasses off and, and says, Hey, come on in and sit down at the desk. And she takes time to listen. And I just, I valued that so much because as a, as a young coach, she gave me room for creativity. She gave me room for exploration. And it's sometimes, you know, it can be um, intimidating for a younger coach and it can be almost, um, I don't know, I guess you could, the word that keeps coming into my head is like uh, um, I, intimidating also for people who have worked together for 30 years because they've done it to, you know, this way and it's worked. And I don't really know that we need your new idea. And they didn't, they didn't treat me like that at all. So um, we had lots of postseason success as well at, at Iowa. We were a part of two NCAA tournaments, went to the sweet 16 and I got to go home and play in front of kind of my hometown crowd in Oklahoma city against Baylor and um, we had a lot of success um, in the in the postseason for the WNIT as well. So got a lot of good recruits while I was there. We got to uh, recruit Megan Gustafson, who was uh, one of the top players in the nation uh, a couple years ago, and Tanaya Davis and um, Hannah Stewart, who were all a part of that, and Kathleen Doyle, um, who were all a part of that Elite Eight team uh, a few years back. So watching them, I was I was so happy because they were, I mean, they'd been further in the tournament than Coach Bluter has ever been, and I knew that I was somehow, some way, a part of that, that crew. So it kind of made me feel good in my heart to see all those girls succeed because um, they deserved it. So very good times in Iowa. Uh, I have nothing, uh, nothing but love for the Hawkeyes, and I, everyone just said, oh, it's so cold up there. And I think that was like the least of my thoughts and worries. I mean, yes, it was cold, but there were so many other good things. They always used to say it's, 
it's cold outside, but it's warm under the Carver Hawkeye Arena lights. So <laughs> we just spend all our time in the gym. You know, while you're at Iowa, um, you're you're getting the coach Samantha Logic, a you know an All American, a WNBA draft pick. Just what was it like to kind of coach her, watch her grow, and then watch her, you know, get drafted into the WNBA? Yeah, so Sam, uh, she she has a really cool backstory. She kind of re- recruited herself to Iowa. <laughs> it's it's funny, um, and she she was the biggest Hawkeye fan I think I've ever met. Uh, and there are lots of crazy Hawkeye fans. I mean, there are people who paint chests and you know drive here and there, and they will do anything. And I think Sam was probably the biggest Hawkeye fan. Um, and to be able to say that about somebody who's playing. Uh, it's, I think that is important. You know, she instilled confidence in her teammates, like no one I've ever seen. So for an example, um, you know, somebody could be on a shooting slump or somebody could have dribbled it off their foot and turned it over. And she, as the team captain, as the leader, as the best player, as the, um, you know, biggest motivator and kind of like loudest voice would always instill confidence in the person who just messed up or you know, keep shooting it. Uh, Melissa Dixon was one of the best shooters in the uh, Big Ten at the time and then ended up being in, in the nation. And she used to be, I mean, she was Melissa Dixon's biggest fan. She was Bethany Doolittle's biggest fan. She was, I mean, any time. And, uh, you know, we had a couple of walk-ons. We had a couple of kids who were hurt. And she would encourage them, hey, keep shooting that shot, um, you know, so-and-so. And, and so it was just, it was so cool to watch her lead kind of, sideways or at times kind of down because I think that was important for them to hear her and she knew she can take over a game at any point in time uh but but when they heard Sam telling them to continue to shoot I'm going to get you the ball every time you're going to shoot it every time and if you don't make it I'm going to get the rebound every time that was huge and it really did help our chemistry I think for women the team chemistry is a big component and Sam was a huge part of our chemistry um she is she's I think she's playing right now in Australia and she's got a really good thing going there and she still keeps in contact with all of that uh all of the team members that were part of that last team but um she's just a phenomenal player but watching her go to the WNBA and get drafted we had a a kind of a watch party and the way that she instilled confidence and encouragement into others is what we did for her in the living room we were so happy for her um, and so her family is, is very nice and, and, uh, still support the Hawkeyes. And, um, yeah, I just, I will always, I would take a page out of Sam's book because she was just such an encourager. And I think everybody felt it around her. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, that's, that's a big thing that I've noticed with throughout this interview is it seems like everywhere you've been, it's been about family, you know, and, and the atmosphere that you've been able to be a part of is about family and, you know, you leave Iowa and come to Arkansas, and that's where, you know, we first meet, and you, you're you on the staff with Coach Neighbors when he comes from Washington. Talk about the move from Iowa to Arkansas. You know, you, I know it's closer to home in the SEC. You know, kind of what led you to leave such – you know, I mean, Iowa's a really good situation and still is today. And what, what made you take that leap of faith to go to Arkansas, you know, go work for Coach Neighbors and, and kind of in the SEC and, and, and all that? Yeah, so um, <laughs> Coach Neighbors always tells this story, and it, it's really funny because it's very true. He's not over-exaggerating at all. He literally asked me to work for him to leave Iowa and come to Washington probably three times, I think, um, and I told him no every time. And they would go to 
the final four, they would go to the Sweet 16, and he would call me the next year and say, hey, you missed your opportunity to go to the Elite Eight, or you missed your opportunity to go to the Final Four, but I got a spot open if you want it. And I would say, ah, oh, you know, just like Caleb, what you said, Iowa was a really great spot, and I really felt good about my growth there, my development. And I think until I got to a place where I was comfortable enough to take the next step, it was smart for me to stay and just be mentored. Um, and so he asked me three times, and I said no. And then he got the job at I, or at Arkansas, and he called me again and said, hey, a little different situation. I'm going to Arkansas. It is closer to, I think, where you're from. Would you be interested, interested in talking to me about that? And uh, obviously with a different situation and having been at, at Iowa for four years at that point, um, I think if you can get a college degree, you should be able to learn enough basketball to move on <laughs> in four years. Um, so I, I, I said yes and, and took the job at Arkansas and moved uh, there in the summer of 2017 and immediately uh, was, was kind of thrown into the mind and world of my neighbors. And if you've ever talked to him or listened to him on a podcast or at a coach's clinic, he does things very different and he owns it and he claims it. And I think he's, um, you know, one of the one of the the kind of leaders in the game of looking at things a different way. So, being a part of the the family there at Arkansas was um, a unique a unique situation as well because we were all new. All of our staff members were new. We were coming together from different schools. Todd had worked with Coach Neighbors at Washington just for a year, uh, but they had known each other for a while. And then, obviously, the relationship that Coach Neighbors and I had built over the last three or four years when he was asking me to come to Washington. Um, it was just, it was just very, uh, yeah, unique. So we, we took a team, um, at Arkansas, uh, with, with players that, uh, obviously there weren't very many of them when we got there. I think there were about six players. So we, we built a team full of people who believed and, uh, the people who stayed and wanted to see it out. And, um, I think once again, coach neighbors just builds confidence in kids and, uh, helps them understand their strengths and really puts them in situations to use their strengths. So um, we we had a lot of fun that first year because, you know, all of it was learning. We were just learning and we were trying our best. And he would constantly talk about where we are now or where we've been, where we are now and where we're going. And um, I, I, I value a lot of the things that he kind of repetitively beat into our team and our, our, uh, our coaching staff's brains. Um, because they they were important at that time, and so now I think the program in Arkansas has we've really seen it take off over the last you know two years. They were in the top twenty five this year. Um, got us on the home court. <laughs> got us with the the uh, home court uh, advantage, and um, I think you see a lot of their players uh, and a lot of the people that I got to help recruit uh, having some good success. So it was a good time. I, I miss Fayetteville. Um, once again, just like Iowa City, uh, just like Stillwater, will be near and dear to my heart. Um, lots of people that I met there. The Razorback Nation is <laughs> second to none. They're, I mean, they're, they have some really crazy fans too. And it was so funny sitting on the Tennessee bench with our girls, our current players, and, and them calling the Hogs. And they were kind of looking around like, what is going on? <laughs> and I said, they're going to call the Hogs. It's going to be about you know three times. And then – uh, they're going to do a cheer and it'll be over. And they were just like, what is this? So 
it's very it's very unique, very special, very different. But I was really happy to be a part of it. You know, when you leave Iowa, Iowa's kind of you know kind of starting to get on a run. You went to the WNIT, went far in the WNIT the last year you were there, and you go to Arkansas and. You know, it's kind of a different situation at Arkansas where it's Coach Neighbors' first year and they're trying to build it uh, from the ground up. Just what was it like going from a program that was in the WNIT Final Four to going to Arkansas where you're trying to lay the foundation and kind of build it from ground up? Well, it was – I think having those experiences and like I keep saying, the experience and the stability at Iowa I think really created a great foundation for – what I know to be true in basketball. And had I not had that, it would have been really tough because, you know, when you're building, whatever you lay down on that foundation is, is I mean, it's going to stick. So I think with Coach Neighbors, have, having just had so much success at Washington and, and knowing what it takes to, you know, win and do it a different way with these, these Gen X, Y, Z kids, um, being able to take all of those experiences and put them in a room and talk through, okay, what does recruiting look like? What does on court look like? What does off court look like? What does um, academics look like at this point? You know, um, what, what, what do parents value? What do other coaches value? So um, it was, it was, I think it was just a, a, it was really good to be able to have the experience at Iowa before I came to Arkansas, because it was like, it was taxing. I mean, it was tough. Um, I think everybody thinks when you take over a program and you work for a really cool guy like Mike Neighbors or you work for, like, we're taking over at Tennessee, you work for a really, you know, cool woman like Kelly, um, that it's just going to be like rainbows and lollipops and you guys are going to hang out in the office and just kind of let Arkansas be Arkansas or Tennessee be Tennessee. And it's not. It is hard. It's hard work. Um, It's hard to change, you know, uh, kind of the climate and the expectations in the room and in the locker room. So uh, you have to be on it. You have to be consistent. And um, I think it's definitely paid off. <clears throat> um, and we can see the, the benefits from it now. But the first year, I feel like we were constantly grinding, just constant every day, day in, day out. The first week that I was at Arkansas, we had five official visits, uh, and that was in April. And it was one after the other after the other. And they were intense. <laughs> you know, we were telling uh, – everything top to bottom and some of the things that we were talking about we hadn't necessarily sat down in the room and had time to fully discuss but we had said this is what we're going to do this is where we see it going and we want to share that with you and and you know gave the uh, option to the recruits and that we had on campus but um yeah i i just i think uh having the great leadership as well really helped because uh, we just kind of followed along with with what uh coach neighbor said uh with the start of it so obviously it's worked <laughs> it's worked out because they're doing pretty well now Right, and and now and then from Arkansas, you, you go to a program like Tennessee, who, I mean, historically is a top three program of all time, maybe the the most legendary women's basketball coach in Pat Summit. You know, um, talk about the experience of, you know, it was it was a little bit different rebuild at Tennessee when y'all got there. Um, you know, they were coming off the NCAA tournament, but Lady of All Nation is not happy with first round losses and. Talk about the kind of the expectation of being at Tennessee. And, and like you mentioned earlier, how, you know, even there, your first year, it was a grind. You know, every day you're trying to to build that, that camaraderie with the team, change the culture and all that stuff. And, and talk about, you know, the, the, the first year there at Tennessee and, and where you kind of see y'all are headed, you know, going into the second year. Yeah, so 
um, when I was leaving Arkansas and joining on at Tennessee, um, you know, Kelly had called me and asked, Hey, do you want to, you know, be a part of the team that gets Tennessee back going? Do you want to be a part of the staff that gets Tennessee back to, you know, the national championship days and going, you know, really far into the tournament. And, um, she just, she just really had a vision of championship. And I think that that's, you know, stayed true throughout my first full year and onto into the second, um, is just championship. Um, and so everything at Tennessee is magnified. You know, our, our fans are, um, I mean, if it's not championship, like what Kelly's saying, if it's not second, third, fourth round, all the way in the NCAA tournament, if it's not beating top teams, you know, we play a lot of, a lot of top teams, uh, in our non-conference schedule, uh, playing up at UConn this year and we were out on the floor. It was, we were getting ready to do the national anthem. The lights go off and they kind of have the little sparkler lights and stuff for the person who's singing. And I was looking around and I was thinking, I'm standing on the floor. We're getting ready to play UConn. There's 16,000 people in this building. I'm not sure I've ever played anything, even the NCAA tournament, coached in front of 16,000 people. And just the hype built around the UConn, Tennessee, and, you know, and the expectation and the, I mean, just competitiveness. Um, there is true hatred for UConn and Tennessee. I mean, there, there's no love lost between those two teams. But being able to be a part of something that's so competitive and, and to be honest, so important to women's basketball um, was just, I mean, it was, it was uh, an ex- like a, a, basically like a, a checklist item for my life. You know, I can always look back and say, I remember the first time that Tennessee uh, took the game uh, for UConn, took the game to UConn again after Pat Summit had passed away. And uh, we were standing on that court, and it was just it's just phenomenal. But um, yeah, so building the program, a lot of a lot of uh, what what we had to do this year, I think, at Tennessee was um, redefine expectations and standards. And I think the type of players that we have um, here at Tennessee right now are great players. We have tons of McDonald's All Americans. We have tons of talented top fifty, top twenty five players. It wasn't the talent. It's it's definitely the motivation, the standards, and the expectations. And I do think that our kids want that. I think they want the discipline. I think Kelly has been great at instilling confidence in them that you can do it, and this can be the team that gets it going. And you don't have to wait until next year. It can be this year. Um, and then them trusting in her and them knowing that she knows what it takes to get back to that level because she played at Tennessee just like them. She wore that jersey just like they do. And she won three national championships because it was just a mentality. So it's been fun to see. Uh, it's been fun to, to get to know Lady Vol Nation. Um, trust me, they are not short on opinions. They <laughs> they like to tell it, uh, tell you what they're thinking and tell you how it should be and tell you what it is. So um, it's it's been a really cool experience. And I think year two is only going to get better. Like Caleb said uh, before, I think we were on the, the call um, we're putting together a couple of really good recruiting classes and got some really great players on our list now and uh, got some really great interest. I think lots of people are interested in Tennessee, but it's Tennessee for everyone, you know. So trying to decipher between that and, and what Kelly is is wanting to put together for that, those teams and, and just moving forward with that. But really proud of our crew, our team, for uh, all the challenges and accepting all of the changes that we've made. And um, I just think there's more to come. 
Right. And you talk about your recruiting class, uh, you know, that, that you just signed. And, you know, that one hits hits home with us a little bit with uh, a local product that we, we actually already had on the show in Destiny Salary. And kind of talk about, you know, the what Destiny can bring to your program and, and how she's doing. You know, she's been on campus, I think she said, four weeks now. And kind of that adjustment for her and, and kind of your expectations for her. Uh, yeah, so um, Destiny, uh, obviously being from Jonesboro, we have a, a, a woman on our staff, Jennifer Sullivan, who's from Jonesboro as well. And so we were all really familiar with her before um, me having worked at Arkansas and, and Jennifer having just been been from the same area. Um, but she she's a – every time we talk to a recruit uh, in a younger class, they always say they know destiny from social media. I mean, it is, it is no fail. Probably her shoe collection. And the shoe collection. And I think that's what draws them in is the shoes. She gets on there and starts talking about the shoes and whatever. And um, she just has such a big personality. She's so friendly. She's so easy to get along with. She's so conversational. And um, I think that she has made an impact on our recruiting already from the day that she uh, signed or uh, committed really she has been our biggest recruiter. She texts me more than uh, most people about, do we know this Do we know this girl? This girl had 30 last night. How about this girl? I know her coach. I worked out with her. Um, and so she's she's been our lead recruiter in a lot of ways. And I think it's because she believes in what we're doing too and she wants to get to that championship place. But um, before she stepped on campus, she was already winning for Tennessee. She was already giving her, her, her best for Tennessee today. That's kind of our motto. But so I really, I really enjoy Destiny. I'm glad that she's on our team, and I think, uh, you know, her energy and efforts off the court, even just before she's she's uh, signed and committed and, and come on campus, will reflect her energy and effort on the court. Um, she had we we challenged her with a couple of things um, in between, you know, her finishing school at Jonesboro High School and then coming here on campus, and she's completed all of those. And so I think she has a new level of motivation. She has a new drive. And I, I definitely think that will help, um, you know, in, in the coming years uh, on the court. I think she has been a fantastic teammate already. I can't talk enough about how just uh, likable she is. And I think uh, she brings people together. So that's one thing that I think we'll, we'll continue to kind of, you know, ask her to do is, hey, Destiny, you know, if we got to get some people together or, you know, after she, she has a couple of years on campus, she will definitely be somebody that will say, hey, can you get everybody together to go shoot? Can you get everybody together to go play? Can you get everybody together to go to ice cream? Things like that. Because I just think that she's so good at it. Um, she's so good at it. So uh, on the court, I, I think that she she brings athleticism that we need. She brings um, basketball IQ. Um, I'm hoping that she can, she can handle the ball for us uh, a little this next year. And um, we'll just see. We'll, we haven't been able to work out with our players because of COVID. Um, so she's been working out. She was working out at home with someone and then she's been working out on our on her own and with some of our players here on campus um until we can get with them but i think she's done a, a really great job tess darby is also a part of that that class uh she's a, a freshman incoming freshman from greenville tennessee and she's with with destiny in the dorms and so they are complete opposites uh i think they're from you know similar parts of the country but also just different worlds and it's been really cool to see them kind of pair up as sisters and take care of each other. Um, so Tess is, is in that class. And then we had a transfer, Kean Green, uh, transfer from Liberty, 
university who's coming in with lots of experience, big voice, uh, lots of encouragement, and just lots of leadership. And we need that. We need, need that as well. So uh, good incoming three. We'll have Marta Suarez come in uh, if they open the borders at any time uh, for um, international students. She's from Spain, uh, kind of Barcelona area in Spain. And so once we get her on campus, we'll have our incoming newcomers uh, here and be ready to move forward. But we're really excited about what each person brings in that class. For you, I mean, having been at several different places uh, throughout the past few years, obviously have ties in recruiting the Midwest, the South, the North, and so many other areas of the country. You know, going to Tennessee, which is a national brand, um, you know, having ties in so many different areas, how has that helped you recruit and kind of stay on course with recruiting nationally at Tennessee? Yeah, um, I I definitely think having been at Iowa and uh, kind of been able to recruit the Midwest and then, you know, Iowa was in a different situation because they added Maryland and uh, Rutgers. And so that really opened up the East Coast in the Big Ten, which is a, a different thing. You know, it stretches all the way from Nebraska to Maryland um, and, and New Jersey. So we covered a lot of ground in that. And I and you know, Arkansas was different. We, we really focused on kind of this, that, that SEC footprint down here in, in, you know, SEC country and then had a couple of, I don't, I don't, I really don't know. I don't know if it was just lucky or if this coach name, coach neighbor's name kind of carried us for a little bit. Um, and then obviously the interest in Arkansas, but we got a, a kid from Minnesota. We got a kid from um, uh, Maryland and, um, one from Lawton and one from Springdale in that in that uh, 2019 class. So we kind of opened up our recruiting that way there. But building the connections, Coach Neighbors had so many connections on the West Coast from working at Washington. You know, Todd had had so many connections. And then just the connections that I made through Iowa with all of the, um, the stability and the longevity that they've had in those areas and those with those programs. So um, I've been really fortunate to be tied to a lot of really cool, great experienced coaches and um i think it's allowed me to keep those i, I enjoy relationships I, I like maintaining them i try to uh call when i don't need anything because i think that's sometimes more important than just you know hitting up these coaches whenever you do and i think that's noticed so it's been good to uh kind of you know expand expand my coaching um relationships and hopefully tennessee will allow more of that um, because <laughs> it's not just national for for Tennessee anymore. It's it's international, and we're really starting to see the the benefit of that. You know, having somebody from Spain on our team. We have uh, just had a couple kids from Australia um, doing some recruiting in other places. So Tennessee it stretches everywhere. Uh, so looking to expand that way. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. And and in closing here, we I know you got some live streams you need to watch and stuff, but. Uh, on a personal note, this, this COVID, I know you like to travel. You know, we, we talked earlier how, you know, Oklahoma State got you by saying we'll give you some Nike gear and fly you to Vegas, you know. How, how tough has it been on you with all this COVID and stuff that you you haven't been able to get out and travel, you know, and that, that's a big thing you like to do. Like, uh, you know, I, if anybody follows you on Instagram or Twitter, you know, you're always, you know, out recruiting, putting pictures up when you went to Europe last year for the FIBA stuff and – and all that, like, how, how has that affected you? And are you surviving no traveling right now? Yeah, that's been difficult. I am, I am definitely a, a traveler. I'm definitely one that 
likes to get out and around. Sometimes it's not as, as much fun, you know, when you get back late from uh, an SEC game on, on maybe a, a Thursday and then you got to get on a flight the next day immediately um, going somewhere to a high school game on a Friday morning. But uh, I've, I've, I've tried to make it um, as enjoyable as possible. And I, I want the kids that we're recruiting to, to know, yes, we are taking time out of our schedule to do this. It is taxing. It is tough. It, I am tired, but I want to come see you play because how much you mean to our program. So um, I like to document all of those. And plus, I think it's fun for the fans and, and you know, for other people who look at your program to just kind of see what is what is the life of a coach? You know, what is what is going on um, during co coronavirus and the COVID stuff? We have really had to shut everything down with on and off campus recruiting. And so we've had to get really creative. And at times it's been really fun because I think, um, you know, it, that it, 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 you're able to show your personality a little bit more. We've used Zoom a lot. Um, and the kids, I think, have gotten to know us on a personal level more. Instead of having to take in so much information when you're walking around campus and you're meeting academic coordinators and you're meeting athletic trainers and you're meeting administration and you're seeing all the facilities and you're, you know, trying to think of questions. It's just a lot of information. And so I think they're able to absorb the information a little bit better now that we're sitting down on a Zoom, we're talking to you face to face, we're, we're listening to your questions, but then we're also giving really informed information, uh, really, you know, well, I think it's, I think it's rich information actually, because it's just, um, there's just so much to learn about each program. So it's, I think it, we've, we've actually been more successful uh, with the kids that we're recruiting and targeting because they're able to get to know us uh, better. There's not that uh, kind of drinking from a fire hydrant effect. Um, so I, I think we'll keep some of these components of coronavirus COVID recruiting. Uh, like I said, cause we are successful. We have been successful, but at the same time, um, you know, I'm, I'm anxious to get out and get moving again. I like to watch basketball in person, uh, this watching it over, over the computer and trying to figure out, uh, that is just not my thing. Um, maybe I'm just old school if you want, if you want to say that, but I like watching the basketball in person. So, um, I'm ready to get out and move around. Um, but until then, uh, have to do kind of over the internet. <laughs> Well, Lacey, we appreciate you uh, taking so much time uh, to join us this afternoon. I know you have to get to uh, some live streams, but thanks for hopping on uh, with us this afternoon. Thanks, guys, for having me. All right, that's Lacey Goldwire, recruiting coordinator at Tennessee. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, thanks to uh, Destiny Salary for hopping on with us along with Lacey Goldwire, both from Tennessee women's basketball. Some good insights, some Good interviews uh, with them today, and we have another good interview, we think, coming up uh, next week. Obviously, uh, we're still a little bit away from women's college basketball getting started, but uh, WNBA coming up uh, in about three weeks or so, so I know we're both excited to sit down uh, with Doug Feinberg, who covers both the WNBA and women's college basketball nationally. Yeah, it ought to be fun to get a, you know, we'll start our WNBA preview and, yeah. and kind of you know, hopefully the they'll get. I, I think they're headed down there. You know, this week to yep. Orlando and or to IMG, I guess, and um, you know, kind of go through the process of getting tested and quarantining and 
But uh, looking forward to having a preview on, you know, and, and getting his inside of, you know, who he thinks will win with, you know, because there's a lot of high-profile players not playing, yep. and and it's uh, it's going to have an effect on the season and kind of get his opinion on it and his insight. And, uh, you know, I, you know he's – you're a big Sabrina Ionescu fan. Yes. And he lives in New York, and he's – I'm interested to see the questions you have for him about Sabrina. Yeah. And, well, know. that's that's a weird dynamic, too, because, like, she was on, I think, with Calipari or somebody a few weeks ago, and it's like, I hadn't even moved to New York yet. Wow. Because, I Which, mean, they're going no to the bubble. To. Yeah. 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 They're I mean, going to the bubble. So, yeah, looking forward to that. You know, got to give got to give our shout-out, Coach Smith and his Baltimore Orioles. You know, it, it's looking like they may make the playoffs now that half the Major League Baseball is going to sit out. You know, that may <laughs> be the only way they get in. But – uh, his two dollar bet may be paying off at some point, so uh, it's looking better every day, you know. So, uh, but anyway, it's been a fun show, you know. We, uh, you know, again, if you have any guests that we need to get on, let us know. Uh, we already told Bo Smith that he's not allowed on anymore. Yeah. Um, Worst podcast guest ever. You know, the the ratings were just <laughs> awful. You, you know, Bo, I'm sorry, man. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, fun show, fun to get some insight into into the Tennessee program, and uh, you know, looking forward to next week talking about the WNBA. Yep, Doug Feinberg on Tuesday. Uh, maybe one more other episode. May next have week. our second bonus episode next yeah, week. Yeah, maybe our second bonus. Yes, TBA. Yes. So you never know. Yep. Bubba Deaton, be ready. He may be calling. <laughs> but we'll have Doug Feinberg on next Tuesday and have that out uh, sometime Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday night. Uh, for Caleb Livingston, I'm Kate Carlton. Until next week, stay safe. We want to talk to you. Later.